Hello, welcome. You're listening to Feed, Play, Love, a bite-sized parenting podcast, a place you can find advice, understanding and support as you care for your small humans. I'm Siobhan Hunt. If you're lucky, when you want to fall pregnant, it will happen straight away. But it's not like that for everyone. So what happens if you're one of the people who find it difficult to conceive and the rest of your friends are happily growing babies around you? Every month can feel like a failure, a sign that it's not happening for you. Psychotherapist Ginny Lindsay is from the counselling service From Two to Three, and she helps couples and individuals who want to create a family get ready for what's to come. Hi, Ginny. How are you? Hi. Good. Lovely to be here. When you're trying to conceive and it doesn't happen straight away, it can put you in a really uncertain place, can't Mm. it? And we're not really great at dealing with uncertainty, are we? No, we're not very good at dealing with uncertainty. But I think the other thing that I've noticed is that there's nearly an expectation that it will just happen. Um, And so when it doesn't happen, that's when all the emotions um, become very challenging, often for the person. And it is that thing I've heard anyway, because I was quite lucky we fell pregnant Mm. very quickly with our kids. But that the thing that was really hard was that every month they were checking yes. their cycle and they'd get their period yeah. and they'd be like, oh, it didn't happen again. And I there'd know. be hope and then there'd be. And it's just that range of emotions of just, you know, the perseverance. I think everyone is just um, so excited at the beginning and it's it's just going to happen. And then after time where it doesn't happen, you see the disappointment starting to come in. And then after that, it's then nearly the obsession becomes. And all the facts will actually say that the more obsessed we become with it, the less likely because of the stresses going on in our body, we're actually working against our body in a natural way to fall pregnant easily. So the huge desire is a counterproductive process, but it's so hard when the emotions are involved and we just want it so badly. And also that kind of comparison with friends can be tough, right? Because you can see friends getting on with it and growing bigger. It's a very physical thing to be confronted with. What do you think people should do in that regard um, where they do find it confronting to be around their friends? Well, That's a really challenging thing because that brings up a lot of um, jealousy. It brings up a lot of, for a lot of people, resentment that comes up. And so I think recognizing that that is part of the process, it's actually then going, how do I deal with that with my friends? So it's really then putting the focus back actually on the self as to what can I do in this situation to um, try and make this situation better because um, if it was a close friend, you could probably have an honest conversation and just say we're really struggling at the moment and honesty will make there be a clearer understanding of communication between the two of you. So I think that's a really good thing if you can do that because then your friend is going to probably be far more sensitive and empathetic to the struggle that you're potentially having. But there may be other people you don't want to share that with. And that's when it then becomes a little bit more tricky as to how do we actually deal with this. So um, I think what a lot of people then start to do is to either avoid 
going to certain things. So if you are really and you've been trying for a while um, and it's just not happening, then, you know, if you're asked to go to someone's baby shower tea, then really think twice. There's other ways you can actually show love to that person than having to put yourself through a torturous situation. So you're not me taking them a gift or taking them out for lunch or or just, you know, and then just saying, I'm really sorry, unable to make it and not necessarily have to going into the why. And that's for people you don't know that well, or you don't feel comfortable. So I think it's really, how can I protect myself through this process, rather than I have to do it? Yes, yes, because I imagine it must be really tough uh, when and, it's all around you. Yeah. And and what if you are one of those friends who's fallen pregnant pregnant, and you know their friend, you mm. know that this person is struggling? Yeah. Uh, how can you be more sensitive? You know, sometimes we just don't know what to say. Yes. Well, I think, I mean, look, communication um, is the key. So it's just going up and just really saying, you know, you're such a dear friend and I just want to check in how you're actually travelling and and being able to be honest so they're more on the same page of really understanding and then maybe just saying, you, you know, is there something that we could do together to actually have some fun? Because I think the thing is, to help with the obsession, we actually then have to think of what are the little things, the little moments that we can actually do to make life. We've got to keep that balance of actually having fun in our relationships. And we can do that with friends. So we can actually say, hey, look, I'd love to go out and do with such and such. Let's go out. And that that might be just going out and buying um, even some gorgeous lingerie together because everyone, every girl loves gorgeous lingerie and our partners love gorgeous lingerie (laughs) and I think one of the things is we've got to make sex still fun. I was going to say because that definitely must happen when it's getting tough. Because um, one, one thing that's very helpful for people is to know their cycle, is to know when they're ovulating, is to be able to be aware and the delicate dance then is to not actually only have sex when that's happening. So the, the partner, alarm goes off. <laughs> <laughs> so then the partner is going, oh, my God, we only do it now. But actually keeping that fun and that's where the friends can come in and, and actually go out and look at doing some lingerie shopping together. But it also might be um, sending your friend a text and just say, hey, checking in, how are you doing, thinking of you. Such a simple you. question, really. You don't actually have to say you know what's going on. No, it's you don't saying, have to fix going? it either. It's just I'm thinking of you, how are you going? Little simple text. Um, you want to catch up and have a drink sometime this week. Um, and then they can talk about everything else. But the if they want to go to that topic, then the person who's – um, not who is struggling might get, have the opportunity and safe to f- pick it up with that person. Maybe you've given them the yeah. space, haven't you? Yeah, exactly. How about when it's the endless cycle of IVF? I mean, it's one thing to ca- mm. take a couple of years to fall pregnant. Oh. It's another to go through the um, hormone injections, yeah. the um, hope and the disappointment yes. that can go on for like a decade for yeah. some couples. So it's the ro- it's a huge roller coaster of emotions. So firstly, as you say, you've got the hormones that are 
in the body. And that, as we know, and we're not even on that, have play a massive. So when you've got that pumped into your body, a big thing. And so the biggest thing is how do you do then that dance of supporting each other, of being a couple, but also understanding that everybody has a different grieving process and he might show it differently to how the girl is because the husband isn't full of all the hormones, but he will be trying his best to step forward and understand. So really at the end of the day, it comes down to really having honest communication skills and checking in with each other all the time. And that's where the love languages can be actually really helpful because if you are aware of each other's love languages, we're going through the IVF, but we have to sustain the relationship underneath this process that's happening. So love languages is just one way of being able to really show love to each other. And it's not just to her, it has to be to him as well, because he's suffering in a different way. He might have disappointment and be showing it or not showing it. Um, Love languages looks after both. Clear communication skills about, I'm feeling really disappointed and being able to openly talk about that with our partners so they they do hear and understand um, what is going on for each and, and for her to be able to say, what was that like for you that it didn't happen this, this month? Um, financially, massive huge, drain. Isn't it? Huge so drain. it's having the conversation probably as to so there are the hopes and the expectations are sort of kept in check as to how we're we going financially um, and and it's it's doing that together. It's not I want to go again and not checking in with the other person as to how are you how are we going or how do you feel about this because if one wants to and one doesn't, that's a conversation to be had and that's then where the compromise and the real empathy and the real understanding each other's worlds is vital. So communication again is, and and learning his skills, really learning good communication skills is vital Mm. to deal with this really tricky time. Yeah. And Mm. it is because you can see, I've had friends who've gone through it and you can just see that it's like a, it's one of those things. When do you stop? And when you have that desire to Mm. have a child, it's not like saying, I want that nice pair of shoes, getting over it and getting a different pair. Yeah. I think it's, you've got to watch what is the toll on the individual and what is the toll on the relationship and how are we traveling through this together and what support do we therefore need to support us whilst we go through this so the marriage and the individual are cared for. So you could keep going as long as things are nurtured along the way and you're communicating well and you're in a financial position and it's a choice that both of you are making together. Um, I think that's if one goes off and just then really wants to keep going and the other wants to stop, well, then that's going to cause friction and resentment. So it's, okay, so what's that about? And it's the loss of the dream. 
It's the loss of the family. It's there's so, and that brings up the whole grief and loss process. And then everyone's going to deal with that differently. So that's where things like counselling can be really useful because you nurture both individuals and um, either individually or as a couple so they start to understand they're just coming at things differently. Mm. But it's such a sensitive area that needs to be treated as such. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of grief, um, Mm. miscarriage Mm. is very common, Mm. but no less devastating Mm. because it's common. Have you got any advice on how you might deal with your own miscarriage? I think the thing about miscarriage is it's just, um, it's such a, a, a sad loss and Everyone is going to have their own hopes and dreams around what that looks like. So then when it doesn't happen, that's an individual um, narrative or story that goes in within that person. And I think the difficulty is that firstly, they're facing everywhere out there, other pregnant women and passing people with prams and Friends often around the same age are starting to have their own babies. So it's very much in your face um, or in their face. And I think um, self-protection and being able to have those feelings of sadness, disappointment, resentment are all really valid and you shouldn't feel guilty about having those and feeling that you can't have those. Especially if people kind of dismiss it, oh, it was just a... A miscarriage, oh, it was, and that I happens think a lot. happens a lot. And when I have clients that have come in, that has been often the case is I don't know who to talk to. They don't understand. And they don't understand because they they haven't been through it. But it's like they don't even have the empathy or, as you mentioned before, they don't quite know how to broach it. Yes. Um, and so that then is up to then the person who is going through this to really start going, well, how am I going to self-care through this? And a lot of people will say, um, you know, avoid, avoid, avoid going to a lot of things in the early stages while you're going through that grief process because it's just going to be torturous. And the last thing you want is to anything to be torturous because you're already going through your own grief process. So if you're asked to go to a baby shower, really think twice about going. Is there another way I can support this person? If someone says, so how's it going? You know, maybe have the answer of, I'll let you know when it happens. So you don't have to go into justification. If friends or relatives who are coming from a loving place (laughs) are are really wanting to nurture and care, but it, it, it all becomes too much. It's, you know, again, I'll let you know when it happens or if they have advice, it's thanks for the advice and and um, I'll, I'll, you know, think about it or take on parts of it that fit for me and leave it at that. I think it's just trying to avoid getting into conversations and steer then the conversations into areas of totally different interest. So take control of um, if you are in those situations of changing the subject yeah, rather and, than sitting in it. And I don't think people, I, sometimes I worry that if I change the topic too abruptly that I'm being rude. But I mm. think that 
that is quite a polite way to tell someone, I don't want to talk about this yeah. right now. Let's yeah. talk about something else without saying, shut up and go away. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I think that's right. I think um, take the power yourself, have the power, empower yourself that you can actually do something here. And, and that is right in that if you're in a situation you're uncomfortable about, well, either then leave and just say to a close friend, you know, I just need to escape to, for some self-care. Or if you're in a conversation um, and it becomes difficult to say, you know, I'd rather not talk about that right now, and, but I'd love to talk about and yes. take it somewhere else. And I'd love to talk about ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> That's the best fix for everything. Yeah, you don't have to worry about anything. Yeah. Um, well, th- there's so much in that. Sorry, I took you on a bit of a, yeah, a journey no. there, but lots to talk about. Ginny, mm. thank you so much for coming in. Yes, my absolute pleasure. That was psychotherapist Ginny Lindsay. She's from the Counselling Service from 2 to 3. For more info on Ginny and the work she does, check in the description of this episode. Feed, Play, Love is a babyology podcast produced by Elise Cooper and presented by me, Siobhan Hunt. You can get in touch. We'd love to hear from you. Email us at feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time.